Polar7 Enterprises presents Comic NFTs, an ethical approach, using digital collectibles to enhance your independent comic business. Read for you by the author, Greg Choswald. For access to extensive references, images, and a glossary meant for beginners, be sure to download your copy of the book at comicnfts.com. Hi everyone, Greg here. I hope everyone's having a great summer if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. I uh, just spent the last couple of weeks having some quality time with my wife and doing some interesting things around the house, de-junking in our attic and trying to uh, fix a driveway. It was a good time, but now it's time to get back to the book. Today we're continuing with section three of the book. It's the politics quick sheet section. And this is part two. If you remember, I said I had to do a short edit, actually add a section on Bitcoin. And so we'll get to that in this episode. And hopefully we'll get through this section today and move forward from here with a little less politics. Anyways, here we go. A politics quick sheet. Objection number five. Because, ick, crypto response, then don't have your customers pay with crypto. As discussed earlier, all cryptocurrencies use blockchain technology but not all blockchain applications require customers to use or even understand cryptocurrency. One of the pioneering NFT collectibles, NBA Top Shot, started with credit card-only purchases and has only recently added the ability to buy moments with cryptocurrency. DC's Batcow collection was also only made available using US dollars via credit card. If cryptocurrency is not your thing, simply don't accept crypto as payment for your comic NFTs. But speaking of cryptocurrency, if you'll allow me to go off topic here for a moment, one of the most exasperating persistent messages about crypto is that it is only used by criminals and tax evaders. High-profile news stories like the Colonial Pipeline ransomware case, fictional plot lines around crypto-funded terrorist cells, and the ramblings of ill-informed politicians do nothing to change this stereotype. The 2021 Reuters headline reads, Cryptocurrency-based crime hits all-time high in value, which is a way sexier attention-grabber than illicit transaction activity reaches all-time low in share of cryptocurrency activity. Both of these facts are true and come from the same chain analysis report. Transactions involving illicit addresses represent just 0.15% of cryptocurrency transaction volume. The increase in the overall total is a reflection of increased cryptocurrency adoption worldwide. The characterization of crypto as a haven for criminals is particularly ironic given the lack of outcry about cash. By one estimate, more than a third of all physical U.S. currency in circulation is unaccounted for, much being used by criminals and tax cheats in the underground economy. In real value, crypto wallets associated with illicit transactions pulled in $14 billion in 2021. In the same year, banks paid out $10 billion just in fines for money laundering. The UN Office on Drugs and Crime states, the estimated amount of money laundered globally in one year is 2 to 5% of global GDP, or $800 billion to $2 trillion in current US dollars. Due to the clandestine nature of money laundering, it is, however, difficult to estimate the total amount of money that goes through the laundering cycle. Can we do better in the crypto sphere? Yes. Is it the pirate haven of evildoers and miscreants? No. But myths are hard to change. The Justice Department seizure of ransom paid by Colonial Pipeline to hackers shows that cryptocurrency may not be that untraceable after all, just doesn't have the right zing. As stated above, if you are worried about being associated with negative crypto messaging, 
simply don't offer cryptocurrency as a payment option for your NFTs. It's slightly more complicated, but it is doable. Objections subset. Ick, Bitcoin. Response, Bitcoin is as relevant to traditional NFT sales as the Argentine peso is to English-only print comics. Bitcoin does not have integrated smart contract abilities, so it cannot be used to host traditional NFTs, period. If you're talking about ordinals, see the next quick sheet. The only real intersection Bitcoin has with NFTs is as one of a whole host of potential currencies used to pay for them. I don't have specific stats for this yet, but I believe this would be less common than people might think, as Bitcoin is generally used more as liquid collateral these days than as a payment currency. In much of the world, it would be like buying an NFT with gold or a room in your house. It's not impossible, it's just that there are far better options. Most NFT sales typically happen using the native cryptocurrency of the chain host in the NFT, for example, Wax, Polygon, or Ether, a US-denominated stablecoin like USDC, or without cryptocurrency at all via a credit card. Beyond payments, there are a couple of other tangential connections. The Stacks blockchain supports smart contracts and NFTs by essentially recycling the energy of Bitcoin transactions to make its chain secure. STX uses a super unique and innovative consensus mechanism called Proof of Transfer, POX, that frankly makes my brain hurt trying to understand it. There is also a Bitcoin sidechain called Liquid that is related to Bitcoin in a way similar to how Polygon is related to Ethereum. For purposes of our discussion, though, it is enough to know that these Bitcoin-adjacent chains are not the same as Bitcoin and are still tiny players in the NFT space at that. Objection subset. Ick. Bitcoin ordinals. But if you're talking about Bitcoin ordinals, they're not great for comics distribution. If you have any concerns like I do, I just stay away from them. Shortly after I released the first edition of this book, a way to create digital collectibles on the Bitcoin blockchain became available. Ordinals are analogous to NFTs, but have some key differences that you can explore in the articles linked in the glossary. I'm unaware of any comic IP-related digital collectibles being minted as ordinals. While technically possible, the high cost of minting large files as ordinals is a major stumbling block to this ever-becoming a widespread phenomena. Moreover, doing so will, fairly or unfairly, entangle the creator in the debate over the environmental concerns associated with the energy-intensive Bitcoin blockchain. Even Bitcoin maximalists have expressed concerns about this tangential use of a chain designed to be a borderless digital gold. These concerns are not issues with traditional NFTs minted on carbon-neutral chains. Objection number six. Because if you sell an NFT, it was never about the art. Response. Isn't this like saying, if you sell the art you draw, it was never about the art? Besides being a tad elitist, this point of view does not acknowledge that there may be several reasons an NFT holder might sell it again. For example, financial hardship, they were gifted a duplicate, they no longer enjoy the subject material because it makes them think of someone they lost, etc. But more to the point, the entire comics industry is propped up by collectors, many of whom pay to lock their comics in plastic to preserve the value of the collectible so that they can one day resell it. To say those collectors don't love comics is simply not true. NFT buyers and sellers are being held to a different standard, and I believe this is objectively unfair. Phew, we've made it through the politics quick cheat section. Substack subscribers can find out more about Bitcoin ordinals in the article that's associated with this podcast episode. I look forward to bringing you the next section called Moving Forward, 
where I talk about different considerations for moving forward with your own NFT project. You've been listening to pages 106 through 108 of Comic NFTs, An Ethical Approach. The book in its entirety is available as a free PDF to all subscribers at comicnfts.com and for a small fee via Kindle and Gumroad.